Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined once again by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday going? Uh, great. It's a wonderful, beautiful weather this week in Indiana, and it's been mm-hmm. pretty nice. I, I, I love summer, right? Like we all love summer, but man, something mm-hmm. about it. And it's been a, a, a very pleasant beginning to our to our summertime. I know we we uh, everybody's trying to ignore the fact that the pandemic is still a very real thing and getting back out there in the world. But let me tell you, there's nothing that is going to ease people more into wanting to come right back out in this beautiful weather we're having. So the, the yeah, we went through, I, I think, you know, listeners of the show will know, I prefer it just a little bit cooler and it had been getting up into the, the high seventies, low eighties, which mm-hmm. I know people listening from Phoenix are like, that's nothing. <laughs> right. Right. But, uh, it also would rain every other day, so, you know, to get that part of it. But this past uh, last part of the week and over the weekend, it was down, you know, in the high 60s, low 70s. And um, and that was great. We've got, got a little more work done on uh, the parts of the house that have to happen outside. Um, we got the... Uh, the floors down, as I mentioned, and I've got trim up around most of the doors. I, I reconfigured the old trim to put it back up, and it's real cool old-school turn-of-the-century trim. And uh, we're doing new trim around the floors, so we cut all of those, and we're in the process of painting. But uh, Moving along quick. We're on the home stretch. Just a, just a couple, of, couple of tasks, projects uh, left over there, so that's... That's exciting. Yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, you were on our, uh, we had our Thursday movie night and you were on over at the house doing some work, which was pretty cool. Oh yeah. I've, I've been doing that where I'll on Tuesdays and Thursdays when we do our, uh, game night and movie night respectively, um, we'll go over there just with my phone and hop on the call. If I'm like painting or this, this Thursday I was installing that trim. So I had to, you know, mute myself cause the tools are really loud yeah, but it was still pretty uh, cool like seeing you in, in yeah the thing. i could still even if i'm muted i can still like listen in on the conversation unmute and quip every once in a while and then i was able to uh um sometimes i come back uh to my parents house where i'm staying for the the actual activity but um this time i stayed and watched the movie from my laptop and uh yeah that was that was good the internet's better over there so and, um, and we get to, I mean, funny enough, though, we, we get to have a little bit of the watch you do a thing in the background type thing occasionally. Right. So. Yeah, it's 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 always fun for me. I've gone through, you know, over the months and years we've been doing this, um, you know, struggles with, uh, you know, just staying motivated, staying positive, all all of those kinds of things. And so it does it does help me to to show it to people who haven't seen it. And are not, you know, like I see it all the time. And so I know all I notice are the flaws. But for people who haven't seen it, they're like, yeah, that looks great. <laughs> right. And yeah, that helps. That helps me a lot. It, it's a it's a positive reinforcement with that. Right. Yeah. The, so so it's been it's been nice here. And, and the sun has I've getting like vitamin D in my skin, my skin. I, I have been because I've been inside so much, especially with this, uh, you know, pandemic thing. I am lily white and it's driving me crazy. Um, my legs are like sure. translucent. And uh, so I've been outside and 
got some too much sun a little bit earlier, but it's now getting nice. And, I, and as I drive around in my car with the top down, it gets sun on my face and sun on my arms and hands. And it just, it just, it, again, it, it feels great. So yeah, my, my, uh, my week has been good and I've been able to do, you know, the longer days are fantastic. You, you know, get up mm-hmm. in the morning and it, you feel refreshed when it suns out at six and then it doesn't go da- down right now until like nine o'clock at night. We're recording here about nine thirty, and it's still sunset or it's happening. Um, and it just allows me to do more things. I know that I've been used to talking about your house stuff. I've been taking down some very large hedges in my house and drying mm-hmm. it, the stuff out and burning them and things. Uh, and it's just, and then I cleaned out my garage this weekend, a lot of very boring things, but these are the kind of things that you can do. Like you get them done. It takes a couple hours, but then, you know, if it's winter time, you feel like your whole day is done because it's dark by the time you're done or it's dark <laughs> when you start. And then, yeah, you've had, yeah, but now you're like, I have three hours of sunlight still. I can still go for a walk and come back and still have time to do other things. And it's still nice outside. So it's, it's, it's just such a wonderful time of year to, to enjoy, you know, the happiness and the, the, the doing things. And I feel so much more a part of the world, even though, you know, we can't be quite a part of the world as we used to be right now. Um, but it's, uh, um, it's good. It's been good. I got to go, I went out to a restaurant. I'm cautious. I was very cautious at it, but it was, I went out to a restaurant. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it was a good experience that we went to a place called, um, I, I met a friend, um, called a uh, buddy Troy who lives up in the Chicago area. And he was down mm-hmm. for a, uh, visiting, he does like, um, Oh, Jeep things where they go, you know, climb rocks and stuff. So it's very outdoor type thing. And he came around and he said, Hey, I'm going to be in there, him and his wife. And they are very respectable of social distancing and wearing max masks as well. So they were looking for a place that wanted to do that and meet up for lunch. And we went to a place called Upland and it was really nice. They have, all the tables very like they took out half the tables so they can do their 50% right. quota. They're all very well spread out. Um, they come not just with their masks on and gloves, the the people, but you don't hold menus. You just, there's a thing on the table. It says scan this QR code and it takes you to the menu. Um, they mm-hmm. bring out the food on a, like a, a tray type rolling tray thing. And, it's the person who brings it out at one end and then your food is at the other. So they're like six feet away from you when they give it to you. Um, so it's, it was okay. very respectful and very good. And I felt very comfortable and everyone was being, you know, good about it. So it was a positive experience with all this nice. craziness thing. It's been good. Yeah. Stuff's still pretty, pretty laid back up where I am. Cause there's just not the population. Sure. Right. Um, the, our one local burger place in my town, I've gotten carry out from a couple times. And so I just, you know, go in the front door and get myself. The servers are all wearing masks. And then I have hand sanitizer in my car for when I get back out. And they've only just a couple weeks ago reopened their dining room. And um, they're, they're doing because they've got booths and stuff. They have the uh, the buffer tables, right? Like every other table. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. I would still be kind of, I, I went with my dad once near the, the DIY store is a, um, Moe's, which is like, uh, it's like this Southwest version of Chipotle or, um, Qdoba. Mm -hmm. 
and they were closed for a while and then reopened with the same the same deal the uh um buffer tables but they're that fast casual thing they don't have servers and so the you know the person making your food is handling your food like that's always been the case yeah. but they're wearing gloves and masks and it's all everything's wrapped up before it gets to the cashier and to you so that's yeah that's good you know not not crazy but just you know it's kind of kind of reasonable right reasonable precautions i i had we went um, we went to we walked down about just outside of my neighborhood there's a a kind of a popular um ice cream place called jiffy treat here or in town mm-hmm. and i can walk you know walk nice walk through the neighborhood and then go to it and uh we hadn't been for obviously a long time and it was a beautiful day. So my girlfriend and her daughter had come over and we walked down there and we were fortunate. And it's one of those ice cream and food places. You walk up to the counter, yeah. you don't go in anywhere. Um, and right. so we walked up and there was like nobody there, which was great. And we, we ordered food and sat outside at the table. And then right then evidently behind us came everyone else. It was a huge, like just tons of people came all at that one time. And there, they had mm. like the tables, and they had masking tape to like big X's on them to not sit at, you know, for every other one. Right. But mm-hmm. the, the people that were coming there to that one, like I just said, a good story about Upland. This one was not like that. The, all the people inside were masked and gloved and stuff, but everyone outside, no masks, no social distancing. Everyone crowded right on top of each other, and no one cared about this big mm. masking tape X's on the table. And we were like, okay, we're out of here. Uh, <laughs> thing that just. Yeah. Yeah, some places just don't care, and some places do. Or I shouldn't say places, but yeah. people that are in the areas. People, yeah. yeah. But you know, overall, it's it's been. I think most people that I've seen are 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 doing what they they can or working at it. We'll see how this plays out, and you know, being being right, responsible right. as as I can be. We had some, we have we had some crazy distraction for a couple of weeks, and you're like, how crazy is it that I almost forgot that the virus was happening. yeah it's, somebody had uh there, there was a uh, an onion article that i had posted earlier about um you know what is it um uh, the city enters phase four pretending that the coronavirus is over so which yeah it's one of those one of those texas cities yeah i mean throwing some shade you, there you just you know people for they just think this thing is is going away and that it's you know it just slowly has disappeared on its own which it's okay. I, yeah, you know, we're, we're we're working through it, and we'll we'll all work through it, and and make it through. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I got to I got because of these well, longer days, I got to go. I got some time to watch some play some more video games, watch some shows, um, really enjoy my time without feeling this you know nighttime it's bedtime type stuff. And it's it, I played I, I watched Red, which I haven't seen in a while. Sort of Red Two. Mm-hmm. What I watched them some. Obviously, our, our alien for our, our 2020 challenge this week and uh, the original Star Wars. Some things that I start, I mean, Star Trek, not original. Uh, the first J.J. Abrams not, one. Sorry, original yeah, from the third. Yeah. Two, 2009 Star Trek. Yeah, some, some things to uh, sit and just, just watch, you know. And even watch Endgame again, so. Uh, yeah, for me, that's been uh, um, getting back into Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is such oh. an unwieldy title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a show. I'm back in season five before they, I think it's season five. The last, the last two seasons are 13 episode seasons, which I'm looking forward to yeah. because man, those 24 uh, episode seasons are a chore. It's like 22 yeah, episodes. It's, it's hard. Still, I'm like, 
I'm like, uh, what big threat is 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 uh, you know um, facing the Earth right now yeah. that only they can solve? And what what are they going to change Chloe Bennett's character name to <laughs> after that, this right. big arc? Uh, this is the season where they go to the future. Oh, that one was a rough and then, one to get through too. Yeah, and then like, like halfway, halfway into the season, they come back, and then it's a totally different story. I'm like, what is going? I, so I think exhausting. I think I like, that's right where I ended. I enjoy watching it. I, I I enjoy watching it, but it's a little bit forgettable like you watch it and you're kind of invested in it and then it just you immediately i agree 100 with all, with all the things you said there I, I i think right then is when i have stopped watching and and i it's funny it's when i was like yeah i should i should watch that and finish that series out because i know it's 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 ending and because after watching it for five seasons i kind of feel invested enough and it's not like it's a terrible horrible show you know, and there no, are moments, yeah, but it's, it's for all the reasons you just said. It's it's kind of like a. It almost feels not quite like a chore, but on the line. And maybe you're right. The 13 episode seasons will help. Except I will say that about after season two or so, they started to get this idea that we have 24 shows. They'll do like one major storyline up until the winter break, and then they'll end it there, and then they'll start another one. Halfway yeah, through. that's that's true. I I do get the feel that. The twenty-four episode seasons are really like two seasons. Yes, yeah, they really are, and and those are still pretty long. The one with the the episodes that, or the storyline that you're talking about with the future, I had a real hard time being invested in because semi spoiler. If you're not watch Agents of Agents of Shield season five, just pause yourself for like thirty seconds. Uh, here goes. The um they blow up the world right the world the Earth is blown right. up and you're like. Okay, right. this this is not going to stick. This is not going to be a thing that matters. So at some point, they're going to retroactively do all this, undo all this. So I oh, there are no there are no stakes. You mean because they have to fix? Yeah, it. they have to fix it. There was there's like is it no matter what you do here, it's not going to matter. They're not going to be stuck here in the future, right? Unlike the Star right. Star Trek Discovery, where they're going to the future, they could potentially stay there forever. That's a real thing. Here, you know better. Right. You, you just know. Better. Right. So anyway, I had a real hard time getting invested on any of that and any of the new characters they got. They brought in. It was like, I just didn't care. So I that's when I checked. I kind of checked out. Um, and maybe can you tell me the, the next synopsis of the next thing after that when they come back? What's the the big bad or the? well, they they come back and it turns out um the guy who came back with them is related to some of the team. Okay. That's a pretty, pretty big spoiler. And, um, the, the last couple episodes of the story involves something called the Confederacy. Okay. I don't know if that's a thing you recognize from the comics. I do not. Um, they're aliens. I don't, I keep wanting to call them Breen because that's a thing from Star Trek. Um, Cree? They're no, they're not Cree, but they're they're connected to um the characters that they meet in the future. There's like the the sort of evil guy running the yeah. the mine or the prison or whatever, and he's got his sister yeah. with him, and that's where they do some cool stuff with Fitz. And they do some more of that with Fitz. 
um once they get back he he deals with some of the the psychological you know yeah implications of having become that person in the framework right yeah so th- that that's um, it that's an interesting show that's yeah, hard yeah there's to some think interesting about. stuff they do they do some things with um with mac and elena yo-yo yeah um her powers are pretty cool. i don't know if you although she feels very broken the, yeah i mean she yeah. she's definitely one that i i think i really like her, the actress and i like her character and i love her superpowers but i almost feel like okay you guys wait you jumped the shark way too hard here because she is every problem should just be solved by yo-yo she's so insanely superman flash fast mm-hmm. that she should be able to sure. fix every problem right right and in one half of a millisecond she goes through like an entire base finds everything disarms all the people and then gets the MacGuffin. and she's like i did it I'm like wait well it's the it's the flash problem, it is the flash right? problem right like, yeah that's why i forget who said this some somewhere i heard recently that's why uh um central city is was basically a utopia right um because he you know could could do anything we saw that in uh in the sonic movie <laughs> right and that's one of the reasons um, it's one of the reasons why the flash i mean he has his rogues gallery yes but really his rogues gallery have always kind of been a jokey thing because nobody can really ever realistically beat the flash and then my, except for others my little brothers space. watched and i shouldn't say little brothers they're both in their 20s but yeah. my younger brothers watched uh the cw show yeah. for a couple seasons especially one of them i think it was david yeah. um and they joked about how the villain of the week or of the season whatever was always just another speedster it's just another speedster like, yeah well well yeah it's again that's that's the superman problem right like right. you're like you've got to make up this thing speaking of superman i thought it would be interesting to talk about our our Thursday night movie oh, was yeah. not on our okay. It was not on our on our schedule for the for the show or anything. But um, our 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 friend friend of the show who we had on a couple weeks ago, uh, Brian Coxwell, is not a big um, like he doesn't keep up with movies, right? Right. It's right. Not not his not his his, his wheelhouse uh, particular cup of tea, yeah. and. So for a long time, when you and Fox and me sometimes would geek out about whatever new Marvel thing, you'd be like, those movies are trash. Yeah. And we're like, have you, did you see? He's like, no, I don't have time to go to the movies. And we're like, how can you say it's trash if you've not he seen just it? He just us on purpose, but, right? Yeah. Right. He's, 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 you know, he's doing it to be funny. But right. um, he had, had been saying for years that the last good superhero movie was Superman three. And I'm like, I know I saw that when I was like 14 or 15. <laughs> right. And if you go on rotten tomatoes now, both the critic and audience scores are like in the thirties. It's real bad. And so we've been going through different movies on Thursdays. We talk about this, we get on discord and watch and We watched uh, the week before last, we watched Napoleon dynamite. Which um, is good and holds that. I think it was, Big Lebowski before that, we watched Monty Python and the Holy mm-hmm, Grail. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of, you know, kind of classic comedies and dumb comedies yep. that we can just, you know, enjoy together. And so we said, we should watch Superman 3. We should see just 
like if it's terrible, if it's gotten into a space of uh, so bad it's good or good bad, as they say on the flop house. Um, well, I remember I remember it being bad. Like I remembered it being uh, bad where it would be good. Like I knew it was at that space, but I right. when we watched it this week, I did not remember it being like intentionally bad. Like it's it's intentional, right? I, it's it's campy, and yeah. I know I went through I bad, uh, but, yeah. you know the phase of time when I watched this was probably around the same time that I was watching the old classic uh, James Bond movies for the first time. I went back and watched um, whatever of the classic Star Trek movies I could find, um, which was basically all of them, including five, which is terrible. Um, and I don't remember the first two. Uh, we're talking about um, 1983 Superman 3 with um, Christopher Reeves. I want to say Keanu Reeves. Right, yeah, right. Um, and I'm, I probably watched all of them, but I don't remember anything about one or two. I do remember three. I remember four where, uh, he like rounds up all the nukes and throws them into the sun. Yeah. Right. But the, the, the villain takes a strand of his hair to make a clone and puts it on one of those nukes so he can make a, an anti Superman who's powered by the sun and just collapses when he's in the shade it's it's really dumb it's really dumb um i think that the the like the in the climax of that one uh lois gets shot up into space and he flies up there to save her and even though they're in space she's fine and i'm like okay i can see superman existing in space like he flew the nukes out there at the beginning of the movie Lois Lane cannot survive in space. <laughs> People, right? <laughs> what is this? This is just, it's just dumb. Well, we did not watch Superman 4. We watched Superman 3. Right. Um, so, I, we, we should probably hit the spoiler. <laughs> sure. If, if you haven't seen this, we'll come back and, and give final judgments. Sure. But, uh, uh, do you, do you want to try and summarize this movie? <laughs> well, so summary Probably summary not. summary of it is that um uh Superman is going or Clark Kent is going back to um Smallville for a mm-hmm. class reunion and he convinces Perry White to let him go back there and do like an exposé on the city or something right and uh, he goes mm-hmm. back there he meets his high school girlfriend they reconnect um, all the same while, there is uh, Richard Pryor, the character Richard Pryor plays, is a guy who takes a few, uh, uh, I'm being very generous with this plot, by the way. <laughs> he takes a few uh, computer classes. Like and night classes. He learns yeah. how to become, a. he has a natural talent and becomes a computer hacker and f- feels out, uh, figures out the, um, oh, the office, the thing we know now from Office Space who copied this thing. To get, you know, to get leftover money from a company, they find out they they're who's run by an evil villainous guy who wants to control all the world's coffee. And he uses it's uh, or 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 other things. He wants to do evil things using computers. I forgot about the coffee. It's it's um, it's it's Lex Luthor, but not right. They couldn't get Gene Hackman to come back. Well, it's Luthor. It's comic book uh, Lex Luthor. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, because Super like Superman it's, it's, one and two, he, Lex Luthor was not 
what you know of comic books. Like he was not a, a millionaire. He was not a businessman. He, he was not a. He, he was he just was a shyster salesman. Is what he was. I see. Right, I right. see. So okay. so anyway, so he he the key word here comes in the word computers. Like and I'm using air quotes here if you can think about it. And everything in this movie is solved by computers can do everything and they're going to use it for evil. So um, it's, then it's computers in in 1983. Yes. And the the catch is that Richard Pryor is not evil. He's not evil. The, that is the corporate that is the thing, right? The corporate not Lex Luthor is. But he, you know, sort of hires slash blackmails this guy. And all he wants to do is pay his bills. Yeah, right. So, and, and not get in trouble. So he, he, uh, so he, you know, Superman throughout, there's a lot in here that I'm, I'm leaving out. We may talk a little bit about here and there. There's a, but he goes there's through. a lot of and plot. The a end, lot of movie in he, this movie. He somehow, you know, Superman is obviously thwarting these schemes Along the way, right. so they decide that they're going to uh, this evil Lex Luthor stand-in is going to be um, do something to stop Superman, particularly, and kind of make offensive action. Creates this supercomputer that does things, and in the end, Superman well, has to fight him. And in the middle, somewhere there, they yeah, give Superman you, you, a you skip the plot fake in the middle. Superman with the, tar in it or kryptonite with tar in it, and it causes them to go like right. crazy. In order to in order to stop Superman, they need kryptonite, but there is no kryptonite like right. the last they used the last of it for something i don't remember why there's no kryptonite but doesn't matter they, go, they, they don't well, care the, right <laughs> yeah the the planet the the most so i knew that there was a lot of um ludicrous science fiction with the computer stuff because 1983 yeah right ludicrous like right. there are personal computers but there's still like the the mainframe is reel-to-reel tapes yeah and all of that stuff but the most um um, like outrageous of those of those plot points was that they used the Vulcan weather satellite, um, <laughs> you know, which is a satellite for observing weather. First, they used it to create weather using its lasers, which I'm like using its lasers okay. <laughs> again. Another keyword, okay. okay. Lasers. Sure, and then a thing that actually is probably a little more plausible. Uh, he turns it around and points it at the at the wreckage of planet krypton to analyze the material composition of kryptonite right and he gets all these minerals and their percentages so that they can synthesize it but there's a, a half a percent that's something unknown and so he because he's a smoker he just randomly picks tar yeah and then he hands superman this rubbery synthetic kryptonite and instead of killing him or hurting him it just makes him a little off like he's he vacillates between being grouchy and bitter and being kind of drunk i mean at one point he's actually drunk he goes to a bar um and that makes him vulnerable to let the um evil masterminds uh hot assistant whatever she is mm -hmm. um able to seduce superman <laughs> and then he, um, through whatever being confronted, I think it's when he's drunk, he goes to a junkyard and uh, uh, he does a little bit of, of golem, goleming, uh, where he splits into the, the moody Superman and the, you know, Boy Scout Clark Kent, and they physically separate and then fight. Yeah. Um, 
which is a whole thing. I don't think I was really even paying attention to the logistics of like doing that with body doubles yeah, and stuff. Like right. I, I was really just enjoying it as it was happening and not, and not thinking about that. And then, um, yeah, the, the evil mastermind builds a giant computer that Richard Pryor's character wants and it can analyze any weakness and it's going to kill Superman, but both the, the hot girl and Richard Pryor, neither of them want to kill Superman. And so he, Richard Pryor breaks it. He takes the, the key component to the power source, but because it's a computer in the eighties, it comes to life and pulls power out of the power grid, slowly blacking out the whole country as it continues to attempt to zap Superman with a kryptonite beam. (laughs) It's, and there are, and, and believe it or not, that last like 10 minutes of us explaining this plot was only some of the plots because there are so many little subplots throughout the yeah. whole movie that they will like. There's a whole, th- there's a whole thing about oil. Yeah. The, the other, the, the evil genius's sister becomes a cyborg for a minute. Um, but then at the end of the movie, uh, uh, Superman uses a thing a you know Chekhov's acid that he found it in the first act <laughs> that will melt down destroy this computer and then none of the none of the villains die like they all get released from whatever they were trapped in i i think even the main yeah they guy doesn't he I think so i but i don't know if the sister and, does cuz i think she's a robot or and cyborg or something at some point no like the the stuff falls off of her and oh, she, she they know. like lift her up and she gets arrested uh, i mean it's like none is, of them even every, die every one of these little subplots is created and ended in like 15 minutes like they they have a yeah a thing they're gonna do it's like and then they explain it's it like quickly. this to this and and so i had seen this as i said when i was 14 or 15 mm-hmm. and so as things were happening i remembered more of the movie as stuff would get set up and so i had to not spoil it because i'm like oh yeah he's still got to build that computer and it's got to come to life mm-hmm. so this is where it happened and i'm like we've only got half an hour left in this movie and they haven't like, even done the big things yet they haven't even introduced that yet yeah that the, the here's the here's the thing and this is very important that we say this on the onset because i think we both agree with this this movie's intentionally okay. made this way like it's not something that's just like oh you've got a, a high school kid writing a Superman story and a, and a new director that no, they knew what they were doing when you hired, when they hired and cast Richard Pryor in this movie, they're like, yeah, that's exactly this kind of movie. Like we know that he's been making, he makes like toys and funny shows and, um, you know, shows with, um, Gene, um, Gene Wilder, Gene Wilder. Yeah. And and these Mm -hmm. are the kind of movies he makes. And you know what? We want to make a Superman like that. That's what we want to make. And they did it's, because it's it, it, like when, yeah, it's like when, when the MCU, and it's not a direct parallel, but like when their movies started to get pretty serious, like Avengers is n- not like super serious, like, um, like Thor, the dark world, mm-hmm. but th- they were getting pretty serious. And then they made guardians of the galaxy, right? Yeah. You, or um or Ant-Man the same way like you get a comedy actor and they're not they're not fully comedic the way like Richard Pryor in this movie is not the way that he is in in Hear No Evil See No Evil right with with Gene Wilder but he can still like him doing things normally with these other actors like being 
you know, ridiculous in their, you know, the guy in his big evil scheme and Richard Pryor's like making funny faces and stuff in his reaction. Like, it's yeah. not funny, but like his reactions are kind of it's funny. It's definitely over um, the top and, and, and it's where it's, you know, not realistic, right? You, at no point do you feel that anyone right. in this, in these, this movie is a real character, right? They're, right. they're clearly comic book cartoon characters. Every one of them are. Right. And, and so, and, and that's again, intentional. It's the point of the movie. And, and it lets you know right at the opening credits. The first opening credits are like 10 minutes of credits, like they used to do, you know, in the 80s and before. Right. And they're terrible, like visuals before, for, the, for the credits. But then it's a slapstick. Before thing. Star Wars and, and while Star Wars was happening, it was a league, not legal, but like, the uh, union, you know, a legal obligation yeah. by the, um, uh, the ca- casting, the screen actors, screen guild. actors. Guild. Yeah. The, they it was, was like the actors had in their contracts that you had to put all the actors names at the beginning of the movie yes. so that people knew who the people were. And star Wars was the first movie that didn't do that. They went right into the, yeah. um, into the so, the so the, title they scroll. were still doing that in, in a lot of movies for a long time. Yeah, I mean, this is only a few years after that. Right. So, so directors um, would try to be creative about their trying to get some kind of things conveyed while the credits are going on. And this one just was like, okay, we're going to show what kind of movie this is, and we're going to make a crazy comedic slapstick beginning in New York City with all these well, it, domino people that starts, runs with a blind man and a dog yeah. and. It starts with a normal scene of Richard Pryor trying to collect unemployment right. and, you know, getting turned down and then introduces the hot girl character. And there's so many guys like cartoonishly staring at her as she walks past that they're like bumping into each other. And then it sets off this whole like Mr. Magoo uh, cartoon sequence where the, the names of the actors keep popping up on the bottom half of the screen. Um while all this chaos is going on, you know, your your uh classic like guy with a cart full of fruit and somebody runs into it and then spills everywhere. Yeah. Um, a blind man loses all that kind his of seeing eye dog and walks into the street because he holds his on dog to the wrong and, thing and yeah. Yeah, and like walking into traffic and it's very like three stooges. It, it uh, is uh, kind of stuff. And, so and so they set the tone right at the uh, at the beginning. Yeah, when 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 we're when we're watching this, we're like, "Oh, and we're laughing, right? We're laughing because we see it, and yeah, then we're yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, this is this movie. That's what they're doing here." You, at this point, you right. can no longer you can no longer try to you know judge this movie on being serious or any any kind of things. When when the blind guy steps on another guy's head in the sewer so he can walk across normal, you're like, "Oh, okay, we're." We're just taking any kind of reason out, and this is this, this kind of movie. This is what we're doing yeah. here, and which is great because the whole rest of the movie is like that, and it's just it's campy. Campy is the is the definite the word right here, um, and and it it makes it kind of fun. It made it a lot fun. It made it much more enjoyable when I look at it that way. And it's really weird though, if you think about it, that they take a character with an established movie series type thing and they change him a lot right or they change the, the way the movie is and i guess you could say the same thing is done with like the the thor movies right where they were more, much more serious and then even got a little darker and then all of a sudden they switched them to a, a comedy thing um yeah well that's why that's why the story had to contrive this 
kryptonite with tar in it to make him, you know, uh, be different. I don't know. I, it's been a long time since I saw Superman one and two to really, really yeah, compare that. It's, but, it's it, neither of those are like super funny or super serious because Gene Hackman is a, a tool the whole time. He's, he's a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, he's just, he's not a smart guy. He's supposed to be smart. It's not serious. Right. But then you get Zod right. and it gets really like serious and dark. And then there's mm. going to the fortress of solitude and giving up being Superman. And you know, there's, right. there's a lot of things that are like Richard Donner does that are, that are very serious with Superman there. And then, so they're like, no, go opposite way here. And, be super over the top funny. Um, but it, it, it was just a, a thing. And I will say though, that this probably was the, where it started. Like Superman was like, okay, the, the world's done with watching Superman. We watched two that were good. And then this one is so bad. It's nothing like we thought it was. And then four was even worse. Cause four, yeah. four, like you said at the outset, four was legitimate, tried bad. to be serious, but can't be, but, and it, it fails. And on all front, it's not even bad. Good. Right. It's just bad. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was, that was a pleasant, that was a pleasant surprise. I don't remember. I mean, as they happened, I kind of remembered the scenes, but I definitely didn't remember mm-hmm. them in any kind of context or what was happening for sure. I remember at one point I went to go get myself a drink and came back and I had to ask you why they were even <laughs> doing a thing. And you're like, Oh yeah, it was in three minutes. They just explained a whole synopsis. You're like, what? Right. That was a, that was a fun. So we had, we did a couple things. I think we can probably move out of the spoilers yeah. here. Um, we did a couple things watching this that, that I really enjoyed. We kept um, calling out when something was something else, right? Mm-hmm. From, from the beginning of, of his plot, which they say we watched uh, Office Space for the poster oh, a couple right, months yeah. ago. Um, the thing with, you know, uh, collecting the, the, percentage the fractions of a cent that are left over in electric transactions uh that they stole and used in office space they even they even admit it they're like yeah it's basically the plot of superman 3 right um which is only one of the plots in superman (laughs) and so then anytime something else would happen we're like oh it's this like they did in this movie and even if it was a movie that was earlier and that that would make the joke funnier yeah um but also there were a couple times where like you would leave or somebody would zone out for a second and then come back, you know, tab out. This is one of the things um, that made it easier for me because I watched over at my house and I just had my laptop. I wasn't doing anything else on my computer. Like I often do uh, when I'm at home. And so I was just focused in on the movie. And so somebody would come back and they're like, what's happening right now i'm like oh well he's doing the thing it's collecting he's got the guy and then he's gonna do this i'm like as i'm explaining i'm like how do i know how do i remember like the details of this plan but then a couple minutes later like stuff will happen all the 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 things will happen and then superman or some other character will explain everything that just happened. There's like exposition in there. And I'm like, oh, I didn't need to explain that because he was about to in two more scenes. <laughs> right. And, and you can also say, another thing we did too was, which was 100% almost always the, the case, when someone would say, wait, how, how did that happen? And the answer was almost inevitably computers. It was just computers. Like Computers, just computers. How, how did they cause the other... that, that storm? Computers. How did they get kryptonite? Computers. computers. How did they make this thing? Computers. Right. 
at one point at one point Pat called something out as being unrealistic, ridiculous, and we were like twenty minutes into the movie. <laughs> and I'm like, Pat, is that the first thing in this movie that you have an issue with? <laughs> right, right. Because there's 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 nothing. There's like traffic signals moving around and and fighting like those were they're not digital displays like that's not even remotely possible in the 80s yeah yeah i um, mean just with the technology so but it's so it's bad. like everything else is so ridiculous at this point like you can't you're you're only nitpicking as a joke i, I yes right um, i mean it in it in it, almost every other scene they ratchet it up to like and just to we're just going to mm-hmm. reaffirm how ridiculous we are here just just so you don't forget what kind of movie you're watching by the way the Lex yeah. Luthor villain has a uh ski hill that's you know on the side of his 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 penthouse on the, on top of a skyscraper yeah yeah just just remember yeah. this is what we're the kind of show we're watching here right, right. And, and then right. like you said they would they would just go off on the director had to have been just having a blast. He was like, oh, yeah, and let's do this hilarious thing. And let's do this. Like, he would say, um, let's have Superman fly to the Leaning Tower of Pisa and push it straight and then flip off Straighten the guy as he out. goes by, you know. <laughs> like wh- Such a throwaway thing. Right. That, what yeah. is happening yeah. in this movie? And, you know, I want to say it. it it felt like it could have been a three-hour movie. Not that it felt like it was slow and long and forever, but if like there was so much cram in this movie. But it's not three hours. It's like an hour and a half or so, right? It's it's. I mean, it's a solid two hours. Is it two hours. But it okay. Does it does? Yeah, feel like so much is going on. So I think <laughs> in final judgments, if you've if you've not if you've not seen this and you skipped out of the spoiler section, I think that in the the things that we've said before and after the spoiler section, you get a sense of what kind of movie this is. Um, it's, it's for me right there in the space with like airplane or Monty Python and the Holy Grail where it's not, or stripes, you know, things like that or stripes. It's, it feels like it almost feels like a parody of itself, like a parody of its own genre because it's right in the middle of a series of movies. It's not like, you know, uh, um, I was trying to think of a fake name for Superman that's not already a comic book character, but you know, it's it's not a scary movie or um, oh, yeah, it's not a parody like of it, right? Like it's it's Superman. For it's a real, real yeah. It's a real movie in the series. This kind of makes me wonder about Batman and Robin now. <laughs> Whether that was like that, yeah, it does. If you watch that one too, the, the problem with that one is though is that occasionally it takes itself seriously too, like. Yeah. Again, I think this director yeah. made this one would would intentionally remind us how how kooky it was because as soon as you thought right. that Superman was a normal show, then Richard Pryor shows up in a army jeep in full general gear and does a skit on stage, <laughs> and and you're like, oh yeah, okay, I yeah. forgot, I almost forgot. Yeah. Let's laugh again. Right. So if you're if you're in the right frame of mind to watch something like that, this this definitely feels like um, that kind of like dumb comedy that you can watch with a group and have people talking and and mocking it over the i had because trotsky was hosting i had him put subtitles on Mm -hmm. right at the beginning because i'm like if people are talking i want to be able to still follow what's going on and for anybody else too so we don't have to have the like oh you guys were talking and i missed what they said like you know that's part of what subtitles are good (laughs) but uh yeah um so so good. It's it's that I, I, I don't, don't want to say we, we both better than it, but like much more enjoyable than 
I said, I don't think I expected it to be bad, but I'm right. like, man, no, and, and not that, not well. that I am endorsing, uh, being inebriated, but it is a, sure. it is a different experience when you are a little bit more relaxed, should I say, when watching this kind, sure, of, kind of a sure. movie, because you can just enjoy it for, for what it is. And, and if you are looking I for mean, one of those kind of movies, this is definitely one to watch for that. For, for me, this was, you know, I was going to have to drive back to come home mm-hmm. after. So I did not like I had two beers over the course of the whole movie, which yeah. is like when I go to uh, the local theater, like I'm not going to get. Yeah. 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 There yeah. I, have to I drive. mean, you don't have to be, but um, it's, it's something that's, you know, easy to laugh at. It's one that if you had a little in you and then you get and then all of a sudden you see the crossing walk signs start beating each other up, you just start laughing for 10 minutes straight because. It's yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, get that. That was. A fantastic surprise for, you know, uh, Thursday night, I guess. It'd be a hard one to top whatever we watch next week. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, well, since we're on movies, let's let's uh, let's move on quickly. We're about halfway through the show here and talk about our 2020 challenge. Yeah? Let's do it. So this week we watched uh, Alien. The alien, no S. Alien, no S. I always forget to pull this up before. This, this one is made by Ridley Scott. Yes, the original Ridley creator. Scott. Uh, not not James Cameron, who did make the Aliens. Not, not James Cameron. This is 1979, so it is after Star Wars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but before Blade Runner. Okay. Which is Ridley Scott also. Oh, okay. I was like, how did that fit in there? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm watching through the movie and I'm like, man, this has got a real strong Blade Runner vibe. And then I'm like, wait a second. I should remember who directed Blade Runner. And it's him, but it's a couple years later. Um, So you can see the thing. But this is a sci-fi horror movie. um, And we're going to, I guess, spoil it. So I'm going to hit the bell here. So something about this is... I have blamed this one, and there's several. It's not the only one, but it's one of the big strong candidates for why for the longest time, for several decades, that the genre of sci-fi was grouped with the genre of horror. Uh, This is one of the big ones that people saw. It is a solid sci-fi movie. There there is so many cool sci-fi neat things that I remember as a kid wanting, really fascinated with, of the sci-fi elements you know the the spaceship and the all the switches and the buttons and the computers and robots and cyborgs and you know there's a lot of neat and spaceships yeah and I definitely planets. saw I definitely saw the like some of the other you know old old classics that we've seen I could see where things inspired other things right like sure. she's throwing all the switches in the thing and i'm like oh that's exactly how alan tudyk does it in firefly yeah but obviously this is one of the inspirations for that yeah and and so so you you definitely have sci-fi and then you definitely have horror you have terror moments and jump scares and just moments of fright and that is solidly horror right and death and there's there's blood mm-hmm. and yeah yeah and, and and so so yeah, putting this this is a movie, and when you say the word now alien, how do you not say that as a sci-fi? So this is a quintessential sci-fi horror de- defined movie, right? Um, right. And it's right. Um, it's very different than the, the what 
some might say more popular aliens. Um, not crazy different, but you know, it's definitely fit in its genre and define that genre with what it is. Did, did you like this movie? Have you seen this? Did you see this one actually before? I thought that I had seen this, but the one that I've seen must be aliens. Yeah. With um, the Marines and stuff. With yeah. like, at one point she's wearing boxing gloves. Yes. And maybe at the end she fights it with the, with the loader. Yeah. That's, the a, that's aliens. Yes. Yeah. Um, more of a, more of a, of a adventure thriller kind of movie. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, for sure. I, I would go with that. That's, that's very right. I mean, I've seen, so I've seen aliens once, but that has been at least 10 years ago. Yeah, sure. And, and really more like 12 to 15 years ago. Right. So I don't remember very much except that, oh, you won't get that right. Never mind. I'm, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna have a hard time. I'm gonna make I'm gonna intentionally force myself to not reference Aliens too often in this to conversation not compare it a lot because, because it, it is one remember. of my favorite movies. Aliens is okay. So so I mean it's um, my one of my guilty pleasures of, of like that I really like. But um, I I had I had not seen this movie. Okay. Um, I did recognize certain things when they happened. Sure. Uh, the 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 chest burster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for a while I went. Was the other movie that I saw even aliens? Because I remember there being very strange androids. And then mm-hmm. uh, we're in the spoiler section here. So I'll say this uh, Bilbo, Ian Holmes character, uh, turned out to be one of those weird androids. Ash, right. And I was and, like, and, and if, if you watch, if you go back and rewatch aliens, that makes a lot of sense. Why when she discovers very early on, again, I don't want to talk about aliens, but early on in the movie, she sees that Bishop isn't an alien and she loses her mind and the, mm. the character does and has a big fit about it. And the whole, like the first half or three quarters of the show, she is very antagonistic against Bishop. And this movie oh, and you, is why, because you won't, Ash. yeah, you won't really understand because Ash is working with the ship's computer and, um, values their mission above human life because he's not human well well Um, well actually the actually that's mother mother is like is the computer but mother is the go-between between the corporation so the corporation tells mother what to do and she relays it to the team i see so it's actually the evil corporation which is wayland well right right yeah which is a and that's that's one of the things that that made me think of Blade Runner a lot. Like when yeah. Ian Holmes' character dies, I'm like, I'm like, man, I bet he saw fires burning off the shoulder. Of <laughs> right, right. Um, but that was so, a, that was an interesting like if, since you so, didn't know that so, that was an interesting little twist there, right? That yeah, he's a cyborg. I I had I had not seen this before, and so I'm well, I'm watching it, and I and I I got interrupted several times. Um, you know, went to have dinner and stuff, and then came back to it. Um, and I, I didn't expect much out of it because, um, straight horror movies are not necessarily my thing. Uh Um, the, the thought I kept having was that the alien stuff was gross, like very mucusy. Yeah. Right. Right. All, all the time. Yeah. And there's so much water. I've never seen so much water in a spaceship. Yeah, sure. It's right. just like dripping 
dropping constantly in the spaceship and i'm like why why is this like this it is definitely Um, it is definitely not like what we think of space now like now now we think of space as a very controlled tightly controlled environment no matter what even in guardians of the galaxy you know there's still a ship right um but yeah but not like and things falling apart constantly on the on the nostromo and you said there has to be pipes bursted up there for so much water to be coming down you know Right, right. And I mean, unless like maybe they're harvesting ice or something. Well, that's what I was thinking too. Is like maybe ice is coming off the ship because they were in the cargo bay or something, but in space with the condensation. Yeah. Um, I also was reminded uh, several times of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Okay. Um, In the like big, like, um, you know, exterior shots. Or oh, when yeah, they'd sure. move through and there wasn't wasn't stuff going on. Uh, this is, you know, like 10 years after 2001. But I could see where Ridley Scott probably saw that movie and was like, oh, what if we did this, but a horror movie? Yeah. They, what if they, the aliens are not, yeah. compre- but they're these sort of monsters? They, they did. And, they, those outside shots, like you're talking about, things like that. That was that was very sci-fi of that time period. And you think about like... Um, the Star Trek movies, the same thing, like start, especially the first Star right. Trek movie. There's so Motion many picture. long scenes yeah. of exterior shots big, and big slow because that's how things happen in space, you know, in real life. Well, not just that um, is that, that people, the, the viewers had never been able to see any kind of like cool effects of like what it's like for a spaceship. To be seen, what you saw before was like lost in space, where they had like model saucers and things to be able to yeah to to see planets in space, and that's why you know two thousand one was so great because you would see this like oh my god this is so neat and so those old shows like Star Trek and and uh, to some extent Star Wars too they'd have these long sweeping outdoor scenes because that's what people ate up you know the sci fi people really also some of the some of the star wars um um influences in the style in the in the pacing like the idea of um and again this is not new like it's given star wars a lot of credit because you know they did not invent this but the idea of it all being kind of old and dirty that's where i got the association with um with blade runner which again came later but like in 2001 like yes there's this menace there's this threat and there are these things you don't understand but the ship is all clean and pristine yeah um you know when he goes into the the dock at the moon or whatever that is like it's all it looks like an airport in the 60s yeah um but like like a really clean it looks like madman yeah um where this is dirty you know it looks like it's very um, lived in it's very lived in. It's like, um, um, what's the thing with the desert? Mad Max, um, uh, kind of, kind of future, you know, like, like lived in dirt, not, not quite dystopian, but, um, you've got that kind of, uh, that kind of feel with it. The other thing that I noticed, I'm, I know I'm talking kind of, kind of general things that I noticed, but there were a lot of jump scares, right? And just like, the most trivial somebody's doing something quiet and somebody else knocks over a, a shelf. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and I'm like, that was, that was unnecessary, but okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
I like the the lived in comment, the the world of of kind of being a real. Mm-hmm. It, ma- it makes it. I mean, they they. I will. I was appreciative that they mentioned the artificial gravity at one point because I kept thinking like, oh man, they don't even they don't even try to pretend that there's any kind of gravity in this. I mean, they're in space and this kind of things. Like some movies don't. And then at one point they finally say like anti grav engaged. I'm like, okay, so there's at least something in this world. Um, mm-hmm. But the. Um, I I liked I liked this movie. I liked that the pacing was uh better than I had thought it was going to be because I knew what it was and I knew it was straightforward horror that I, and I knew the plot. I'd seen it before a while ago. Um but um it still moved quicker, you know, than I thought a lot of stuff cuz I I I know okay, all these people have to die. They all, you know, she's going to be the only one left. So it's just, you know, he's got to ch- burst out of his chest. I I knew the plot points. And I kept thinking this is going to take forever, but it really didn't. I mean, it it didn't. It was no. okay. There was some slow points, there, but for the most part, it was. Yeah, there's some of those sequences right. where you're just you're just waiting. It's building the tension, which is how a horror movie has to go, or it should anyway. Like you know, I, I don't know whether my opinion is worth much as a person admitted who's not a big fan of horror, but like you can do a big scare, a big thing, and then you have to bring it back down, and then you make people wait, you ramp it up again. And then something crazy happens and you bring it back down. Um, it's funny. I had just finished watching um, the miniseries I, Claudius. I think yeah. I've mentioned that a couple times. Um, John Hurt is in that miniseries playing Caligula, yeah. the Roman emperor who um, was a crazy, like, uh, supposedly, and, you know, the history is loss of time the true true history the history we have was written by people who didn't like him so who knows but um you know infamous for hosting orgies in the um in the palace yeah and stuff like that and that was made just a few years before this um maybe well i think it was in the 70s so within like less than 10 years, probably like five or six years. Um, and so it was funny to see him in this. I mean, along with Ian Holm, who I've really only seen in, um, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings playing Bilbo. I think I saw him in some other BBC Wait, thing. But like... John, John, what's his name? John what? John Hurt. John Hurt. Um, He's in Alien? Yeah, he is the first guy. Uh, what's his name? Shoot, I had it, and now it's gone. He is Kane. No. Yeah. No, really? Yep. I did. I did not know that. Maybe. Maybe I'm getting. Maybe I'm getting actors confused. Uh, wow, that's that's something. The um, I don't. I don't know a lot of things that he's done. Like the first time I heard of him by name was when he did special episodes of doctor who back in uh 2013 um oh right but right okay yeah yeah um he's the he's the english guy that's not yes Ash, right? right it's not ian holm right okay yes got it um yeah he's he's older these days when i see him in things and i right right <laughs> I, forgot, I, forgot. I i felt like this movie was and maybe this was just my impression from whatever level of attention that i was giving it but i felt like it very often was um 
not explaining things. And I'm, I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way as mm-hmm. like it needed to explain things. But I mean, again, let's keep comparing it to Blade Runner. Like the, there are things about the world that just are, and they they don't need to be explained or set up in any way. It's just this way. And you have to, it's left up to the audience to piece it all together. Like, okay, there are these people on the ship and they're like, there's a, f- a few title cards to show you what's going on. But then you've got um, these couple of characters who are, um, are real stressed out about getting paid about the, the bonus percentage that they're going to get when they get back. And there's like this whole thing that you're, you're left to just figure out. That that's actually um, that's actually the biggest thing about Alien though, and the whole Aliens franchise. This movie, and to some extent the next one, really, really has like this whole background that you just don't know of all the things, and they don't explain it right. at all. And that's what made everybody just rabid. It's like sci-fi fans rabid about this movie. It's like, whoa, who's the company? Why are they there? What's what's their point here? Who is Mother? They never say what Mother is, really. Right, no. You know, they, they just don't... Exp- they, you see this big ship. Where did this ship come from? Why is the pilot there? Why did they give this... You know, how are these eggs? Why are they in the car- <laughs> the cargo hole? And none of that is explained what are the, at all. What are these androids? Why are these androids like this with this these tubes and, and balls inside? Like, what is that? There's so many um, questions that this thing has and does not try to explain them at all. That's not the point of the movie. And you just right. lit, you just see a slice of this whole huge different world or universe, and you don't know which made everyone be like, "I want more so much." And then you get Aliens, yeah. which explains some, but just teases more. So all the things that we've had since then with uh, Prometheus and the other movies that have came out, uh, Aliens three, four, five, whatever, uh, have done the same thing. They are Ridley Scott or whoever is telling the story just trying to give you a little bit more of what aliens questions aliens still left over recently Ridley Scott just put out a thing saying that he's interested in telling a prequel to alien to to answer Mm. the questions that were posed in alien he just recently said that which a a lot of the rebuttal was that like hey you've had like 12 movies to do this in you haven't done it, and you and that's what that's what Prometheus was supposed to be, and it com- he completely fails and doesn't tell us any answers. Um, right. I, I mean, he, yeah. Like, who, who is the pilot? And who is the thing? Like, uh, yeah. yeah. I I didn't mind any of that. Like, it felt like the sort of, um, like maybe just a thing with horror movies. I've come to. I've come to associate horror movies with the the sort of a, maybe a, a really specific flavor of check your brain at the door. Yeah, sure. Kind of sure. thing. It's like I watched uh, A Quiet Place yeah. when you know, when it was out on streaming. Yep. And I was like, okay, I guess maybe if you're into that thing. <laughs> but I spent I spent too much of the movie being baffled at the idiotic decisions, yeah. right? I'm like, why are they doing this? If this is like this, why don't they just do this? Why don't they do this? Like, there's so many more like logical, uh, th- and not and not spur of the moment things like your your quintessential. 
you know, person going into the woods instead of back into the house. Yeah. This is like where they built their house and how they set up their defenses seemed, you know, didn't seem ideal, like was unnecessary risk. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and you're right. A and, lot a lot of that and, is just checking your brain at the door. Even even in yeah, shows like so The Walking I had to Dead, go, when they do things like that, you're like, why would you, you know, because right. because it's just the movie. It's just, you yeah, know. you're supposed to be kind of along for the ride a little bit like we watch Enter the Dragon, like action movies, I think are a similar yeah. kind of thing. Maybe not as as much as horror movies, like horror movies. You're supposed to just experience the emotions of what's going on. You're supposed to be tense and afraid and startled and yeah. then relieved when it gets to the end. Like that's I mean, the I mean, the, the, the object of horror movies is that the things that you imagine at night as a kid that are underneath your bed or in the closet are a real thing. Even though we all rationally know that there is nothing there. That's what a horror movie is. It's that all of the rational stuff doesn't matter because when you see a thing, it doesn't matter. Like when you see the monster come out of your closet, what mom and dad said or what the science or what you saw and what they turned the light on doesn't matter because it's just scary. And that's what right. horror movies are. None of it matters why Chucky's alive or why a demon <laughs> with the pumpkin head comes. To, none of that matters. Right. Um, yeah. And that's what this and is the same way. I think for this is a little bit armchair psychologist, but I think for people who really get into this genre, um, that experience of like watching and seeing something really ridiculous um like maybe you you know in the early days you would see how fake it was and not that the alien really looks fake but um you're like yeah i see this they sped up the camera here or mm -hmm. this is a little bit of stop motion and that you, you don't notice because they're strobe lighting and you like see through that stuff and you're like, ah, uh, you know, being afraid is silly. And it helps them like consciously or subconsciously sort of cope with being afraid of, of things in real life. Because you're like, ah, uh, you know, I'm not out on a spaceship and a weird, creepy chestburster alien thing chasing me. Like, right. I'm probably going to be fine. Yeah, um, the, 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 the only comparison I wanted to make with like explaining, not explaining things is, of course, my... Uh, concept of sci-fi for most of my life was star trek and it was not until i mean i probably tried to read things like asimov and um like other types of sci-fi more more i guess pure sci-fi maybe um when i was younger and didn't like it and so i was like well i guess i just like this this one kind of sci-fi which is star trek and in star trek I mean, especially after you've seen a couple episodes, you're like, oh, this is how it works. There are no there are no questions about the world because the world um, is fixed like it's it's TV show. So then the next episode, you're like, yeah, they're the ship and then the ship looks like this and it flies like this and they teleport like this. And the story then the story has to be, you know, whatever with the alien of the week, what planet they go to and all of that. But the the world doesn't have to be explained because it's you know to me i've understood the high points of the star trek universe for 25 years yeah um and so that was just a little different like it again i'm not saying it was bad because for me i was like oh okay they're not going to explain this that's fine yeah like it's here and they're this and you just 
need to get to the emotions of what's happening. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to understand what mother is to to feel the emotions in the scene when Sigourney Weaver goes into that pod and reads the the mission priorities to know that oh whatever whoever mother is both mother and the corporation do not care about the human passengers and will sacrifice all of them to bring that alien back to earth right to be studied well one of the things that that puts this i think on this list as opposed to just saying any other horror movie or any other sci-fi movie is the is the fact that this is a, a the blend here now i i can't I don't have a history of all sci-fi horror movies in front of me during this time period, but I know <laughs> sure. 1979 was an early time in that in that kind of world. So seeing real sci-fi horror putting these together was kind of a, a newer-ish thing or something that's very well-done sci-fi and well-done horror put together like this was really good. So you, it, it wasn't just that you're going to watch a horror movie. Like, it was interesting. There was really interesting things that could make you wonder why right where most horror movies that you would go you like you said you do check your your brain at the at the door but mix it with sci-fi that tends to have tons of explanation explanations happening and really interesting you know technical things and this movie does put you know computers are becoming more kind of known at the time was mm-hmm. uh you know and space was very interesting to people it really gravitated and grabbed people not just from a horror standpoint but from like a good, interesting sci-fi, you know, standpoint well, as well at if, the same time. If you think about, and I think we can we can move out of spoilers here yeah. from when you start talking back there. If you think about, um, I'm sort of running through some things in my mind while you were talking. Uh, reminded again of 2001: uh, Space Odyssey, where um, part of the like theme or concept of that movie is the unknown like the aliens in that movie such as they are are incomprehensible like they're so crazy you know it's like q except q doesn't show up as john delancey and crack wise like it's some being that's transcended space-time or something and it's just like blows our minds now that that you get a little bit of 60s uh you know maybe dropping acid or something (laughs) but um this has a little bit of the same thing where you're like, okay, you can make a horror movie where a creepy doll comes to life. And that's scary because a lot of dolls are creepy looking. Mm-hmm. But you're like, that's that's not a thing. Like, yeah. that could never actually happen. Where in this movie, it's space, right? You're like, what if space what if aliens are out there what are they like are you know they it could be this monster that does all of these crazy things that are cliches now but at the time were crazy new ideas and it made me think of um old scary stories you know from <coughs> from centuries ago where they very often were like monsters coming out of the ocean Right. The ocean was unknown and it's still kind of is to some degree. And it's a similar kind of thing where you're like, there's this vast frontier of space and anything could be out there. And we, right. you know, don't understand it. The, 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 the most 
thing that has to before we wrap up this this discussion on this topic this movie i i it would be remiss for us to not mention that the incredible design of um hr geiger with of the alien design is one of the coolest most iconic alien evil alien design ever and we've never seen anything quite as cool except for mm. maybe predator at the same time which is why these two were such great things going together um sure but it was it's such a cool crazy and i've seen the alien i've held little alien toys forever and you still can't because the way it looks you just still can't get your head wrapped around every part of that alien like where its arms are and where these things that come out of its back mm. and and it's when you see it in ridley scott's movie it's dark and in all sets and it's it's always scary it's always terrifying right um and yeah, I mean, from when from when you first not sort of spoilers, but people have seen the alien and oh yeah, yeah, the egg, alien, yeah. like the egg opens up and the thing's full of mucus, and I'm like, well, yeah, if there's a little thing in there that's going to come out, and it's not a bird yeah. or a dinosaur, where like they've already eaten all of the 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 egg yolk and white that yeah. were inside the egg, like yeah, there's probably some gross mucus in there if it's a sort of insect kind of kind of egg thing but um yeah i mean everything that's probably the 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 biggest positive i would say about this movie is that the the set design and the and the alien design and the whole like all of that world building as i said in the spoiler section nothing is explained but you see the ship and the um you know the the docking and all of that um stuff is all is all really cool and the effects all pretty much hold up considering, considering that this movie is 50 years old yeah even even the the sets are while you have the 60s and old. 70s and 80s like buttons all over the walls and switches everywhere it's still very kind of cool and it kind of works still today it kind of feels like it's still very futuristic even even though it's not, you know, but it's, it's right. It's, there's still kind of little holds up a bit. So I, I really enjoy, I really, I really enjoyed this movie. Again, I still like aliens. It's my, more of my milieu. It's, but this totally fits for what it, it should be and is one of the best of its kind still today. Um, I like that. It's very no nonsense. I like that the, the heroine isn't necessarily the heroine through the whole time. She's just one that happens to make it through. Right. Mm. Be, and she, mm-hmm. she has a lot of will and stuff, but she's not, it, you wouldn't know that she's going to be the one that survives until three quarters of the way of the movie. And you still don't know. Right. Yeah. If you weren't, you know, watching it 40 years later. Yeah. Right. Oh so, yeah. There's yeah, Sigourney and, Weaver. She's yeah, the one and that then survives. The, the, the alien itself is, is terrifying. There is one scene that I remember, and this is, I'm kind of spoiler. I know we're out of spoiler section, but you know what he looks like. Uh, at the time, yeah. nobody knew what the alien looked like. Right. You didn't know what it was. And so you and only until about halfway through or more do you get a semi good look at the thing. Uh, and it, there's an early scene where uh, one of the engineers is walking in the cargo department area and there's the water dripping everywhere. We're just talking about and mm-hmm. the camera looks up and there's swinging chains everywhere, which also I thought was a very bad hazard, you know, hazard uh, OSHA <laughs> yeah, violations. That's, that, that's a thing that has been imitated and and paid 
homage to right so there's chains hanging and then and then the camera like right at looks at these chains and the alien hanging upside down swinging slowly back and forth and i 100 recognize it like oh my god look there's the alien a full body shot of him right there but nobody had seen it on the screen up to that point and it just looked like another thing that was swinging and it didn't it just fit into the background but the the director gave you a full body shot of the alien right there and you wouldn't have known it just like the the person that was on the screen didn't know it but here we are 40 years later and we all know what the alien looks like you're like oh yeah. how does he not see the alien hanging right there <laughs> you know but yeah so i i whether it's on our lists or not i think i i like it on this list um a, per, yeah, a personal list of aliens is better but I think it belongs sure. on a hundred list for, I would recommend for people to watch a sci-fi horror movie. This is definitely the top or one of the top. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, like enter the dragon, I think it, it influenced a lot of things. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think we would have blade runner, which out without this. And then, you know, blade runner itself goes on to influence so many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think predator, so that, predator would have been made. That would be anything. the, that would be the closest to my question. Like, do you, do you have both this and Blade Runner on here? And I probably. Oh, yeah. They're, 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 so, they're different. They're totally different. They're yeah. so different. Like, yeah. um, you know, Blade Runner is this meta metaphysical, like, what does it mean to be human? It's way, it's it way deeper in thinker. And, and I don't know if I'd call Blade Runner a horror where, movie at all. No, not at all. Yeah. Where um, this, this is straight. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and this does, horror, you know, so. you and I both had said we don't really care for horror it's not our genre but i liked it and for me to mm-hmm. like a horror movie says a lot in itself i mean it wasn't like crazy yeah. oh my god it's the best ever but i liked it yeah yeah so good good thumbs up what's our what's our next one I, i'm glad that we did this one i know that we had been some heavy movies lately so this was a good we were so heavy last week so we're gonna go back to our normal schedule next week we're watching old boy which is a Korean film that I know nothing about. Yes, same here. So we're we're at, we're at our um, part point in our list is we're we're coming through the second half of 2020 in our 2020 challenge, which has been a two year challenge. We're coming the last say 25 percent of our our list here. Yep. And uh, so now we're hitting the things that either you and I haven't seen or we we aren't sure about, um, or we're waiting until October when the the yeah well i've i've tried to i've tried to spread those out and yeah we've got another batch of of horror movies uh clumped up around october yeah we, we will end the, our our year on a, a lot others. of horror movies uh, stringing around that time so aliens yeah. is just or alien is just the the first one of a couple we'll see uh, yeah. okay so old boy you said yes old boy you yep. know you know what yep. some some of these old dentists like have really surprised us with the fact that we haven't seen them before, wouldn't know about them, and they're on the list for a reason. So I, I'm, I'm hopeless. I'm hopefully optimistic about this one. Yeah, even though I know nothing about it <laughs> at all. Uh, so <laughs> excuse me. See if we want to get into get into anything else. Sure. Yeah, how about I, some, I how about bought... something I got for you? You told okay. me this. We can talk about this like for another ten minutes. You told me about a show on Apple Plus. Now, I recently got Apple Plus because I had gotten a new phone, so I've got like a year of it, mm. uh, called Mythic Quest. And you were like, eh, I can't remember if you had good positive, but you told me that you kind of started watching it. So I watched 80% of it so far. Um, okay. 
and I'm 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 mixed on. I, I love that you and I have been talking <laughs> recently about how some movies grow on you and how they will they get a second season because of that and whatnot. Uh, Space Force was our thing. Avenue Five mm-hmm. was an example for that. I think this fits in that same conversation of um, first couple episodes. I don't know how I felt about, and I almost like right. stopped watching. And then after <laughs> five or six, I kind of started to like or care about the characters. I've seen a couple of shows like this. The most successful is probably Silicon Valley. Wait, wait, real HBO. quick. Tell the premise of this in case people haven't. Okay. You know, we're talking. So this is a show about a video game company. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the creators of an MMO, massively multiplayer online game. Um, it's called Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. Well, the and game Raven's is called Banquet. Mythic's Quest. Their expansion yeah. is Raven's Banquet. Is Raven's uh, Raven's Banquet. Um, I think I'm getting all that right. Yeah. Uh, it's been, it's been a month or so since I watched this. So I'm going to be a little hazy on the sure, details. Sure. Um, there was a show, an Amazon prime show about game developers, uh, that I, I watched a couple episodes of, and I don't remember at all. Um, of course, Silicon Valley is on HBO. And this is um, a comedy for sure. So, so you know, if you haven't seen this one. This is a comedy. It reminded me a little bit of The Guild with Felicia Day, yeah. mm-hmm. which was a web series. I get it. Um, but, uh, you know, The Guild was about the players. So this had some elements of that, some elements of Silicon Valley where um, it's you know it's about this really specific world and if you you don't have to like work in that world personally to to have kind of a sense of what it's of what it's like and you know really again you know maybe not maybe having not actually lived in that world the things that i think i know about how those companies work um are not actually true but you know there's a fair amount of tongue-in-cheek kind of stuff you know the the all of the technical stuff of how um how the programming is it programming is actually done and assets in the game and all of that like all of that stuff feels like the movie hackers or <laughs> uh or the net where you're like oh yeah somebody somebody who has never done any programming uh wrote all of this stuff about programming yeah yeah um, it's, it, it it kind of very lightly glances over those things the right. the technical details but there are some things about it that i really like um i really like uh uh i think it's f murray abraham who we saw in um uh shoot the the hotel uh, um grand budapest hotel mm-hmm Oh, is the um, is he the writer? He's the writer. He's yeah. the old right. uh, uh, sci-fi writer. Right. Um, his character is really funny. Uh, the story with the with the the test of the play testers. Um, that's pretty good. It mm. it focuses a lot on the the head of the company's right hand, the creative director, um, yeah. who is kind of just. Uh, who was played by the guy from uh Sunny in Philadelphia um Mac. That's yeah, that's the main guy. Yeah. And uh um the she has he has a complicated relationship with the creative director. You know, she is always wanting to do things but 
never really gets her way. No, no. And so he's she, sort of she, the... He's the creative director. She is the programmer. She's the head programmer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So so the, the, a lot of that is the fact that in, like the programming and the engineering team have one thought, and then the, the creative team has one thought, and then a lot of this hilarity ensues, right? You know, that, mm-hmm. that they have... And so if you're a, a gamer of any kind, or you passively played MMOs, this has the lightheartedness of how that, you know, on a very surface level, it doesn't get too deep, right? But it's... Yeah, it's it's another one of these that you should not take too seriously. Yeah, for, for, not, for sure. Not, not expect hyper-realism or, you know, accurate right. sort of things. I think we talked off the show, there's a, there's a YouTube streamer character who really fits much more into the... Um, like competitive team shoot like a league like of a legends or, or something yeah. or a Fortnite kind of gamer more than a than an yeah. mmo streamer mmo streamers are a little more in our age bracket right and and, uh, and they're one know. of the world's biggest um mmos but they only have a testing team of two people right like so right. there's things that you'd be like right. okay it's just it's for the, for the show it's not that big a deal okay but, okay sure but, it, but it's not but, like but it's good it, it's, it's not it's like okay. the guild where it's not like the guild where they're clearly playing World of Warcraft, but they never name actual World of Warcraft things because they don't have uh, the rights to the IP. Yeah. Um, this this is its own whole made-up thing. So you're like, sure, there's this game, and you see the game, and you're like, there's not a chance this is the number one MMO. This looks terrible. Right. Or whatever. You know what this this show has that I have spoke about in the last couple shows when we talked about this that I think actually made this whole show good for me and tied it together was the programmer girl. Like she is your, mm. she's the audience surrogate. She's the straight, that's straight, but like straight character. She's the normal the straight man one. is what they would usually call him. Every, yeah. The straight man. Yeah. The, where everyone around her is kind of crazy. I mean, um, I'm not going to remember his name, but he played Abed on community. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. Is, is there, and he's the head of monetization. So he's always trying to put, terrible awful things in the game to make uh players you know pay in-app purchases yeah uh, microtransactions and it's you know he plays it perfectly um and and actually all of the characters are played pretty perfectly from what like other places i I, with space force i mentioned that they don't the writers don't mm -hmm. know who they are yet and the actors don't know quite know this one it feels like they exactly they knew exactly who they were what they were creating with each character right and and that this this audience surrogate character, this girl is, you know, you, you feel like you're, you're the, the player or the, the person that's like, what, wait, why would you, why, why is this person so terrible? <laughs> why is they making these terrible decisions? And throughout right. the season, that's kind of the, one of her main story arcs is that she, you know, goes through of this, everything is insane and everyone is insane, but me and I have to get out of here type thing. And it gets really great in kind of a little spoilery scene here or comment here is that one scene later on she kind of gives up for a certain reason like gives up on trying to fight Mm -hmm. it and goes with it and that's one of the best episodes like she starts feeding into the guy's ego and all the crazy (laughs) stuff he does and it gets great i mean i laughed out loud on some of those scenes where he like gets in the motion capture outfit and she's in a motion capture outfit and he's doing the most craziest things and and they're like why are you doing this and he's like 
because it's fun. And she says, yeah, because it's fun. And she's just like feeding it all. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So funny. So, yeah. I Yeah. And then you I get like to see this, the I other think. characters like, you're the one who's supposed to keep him. Did you see the episode with um with Jake Johnson and uh, Girl from How I Met Your Mother? Uh, I haven't seen the last two, so I'm not sure. No, it was like right in the middle. There's an episode that is like none of the main cast. Oh, like it's this, it's this guy and girl, and they meet and fall in love. Oh yeah, yes. What? Okay, yeah. Th- maybe that's one of the reasons <laughs> I really wanted to talk about the show. Is that was the weirdest thing? Okay, we're gonna move into. We've got like five minutes left, and we're gonna talk about this one episode of the show. So if you haven't seen it, <laughs> come back for our credits. Because I gotta, I gotta talk to Dennis about this. What was that episode about? Like, I know what it's about, but holy cow, right in the middle of their show. Yeah, same same deal. Our buddy Chris uh, had had recommended this show to me. He's like, have you seen this? You should check it out. It's cool. And I got to that episode and I'm like, what? Because somebody told me, it might have been you, said that uh, that she was in this. I can't think of either. Well, I can't think of her name right now, but... Um, She's been in other things, but um, I was like, no, I haven't seen her in this show. And then I got to this episode and there she is. And it's this, um, this love story of they meet and they're, one of them is making a video game. I think he is. Yeah. And she is shopping for a game or it's the other way around. No, she's, I think he's making a game. He's making this game and it's, and it's this kind of he's a game developer of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. and I for, I forget the details, right, but right. they have this game, and it, I think it's I think it's her. It's her vision. Like she wants a game that's this specific thing, and it's like a it's a very niche, like really specific, not like any other game. All the things games normally do, it doesn't do any of that. Like it's really hard, and there's no um, a winning. Like, it's it's like a shooter, but there are no guns. And you get the sense that she has a really dark personality, like what in the early 2000s we would have called emo. Um, And that's just what she wants to do. And there are enough people who really love the game that it becomes a huge success. And they they follow these characters through the years as their game company becomes really successful and then sort of collapses. And And their relationship does the same thing. And their relationship goes along with the whole thing. But, and but then it, it, th- it grows beautifully and naturally. That's, I mean, it takes it, the whole episode seems to take its time with their relationship. It's, it's like an episode of an anthology show. Like if you were watching uh, um, Twilight Zone or mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Black Mirror, but, you know, not as dark as Black Mirror. It's just this story. Like you follow these characters, this thing, and in. But it definitely has dark or, moments. Like they, in that one. Although this whole show is comedy, this one was like emotionally dark. It was serious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because it's, it's, it, you think it's a little over the top sometimes. Oh, she's super crazy, dark and emo, like over the top emo, and they're really being silly. But then it is like they go through a, like a, a heart wrenching kind of divorce. And, yeah. and then they see each other later and you have hope for him, but then she's moved on and it's, it's, it's different. It was so different for this show that they put this right in the middle of their their season. Right in the middle. And I think the only connection is that, like, they worked out of the same building. Well, like no. The, the, at the very space. end, the the corporate 
office that run, that green lighted their game also green lit Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest. Because at the okay, very end, you is. see the the Mac guy, him him pitching Mythic Quest to the same like toy company guy, and he's like, "Sure, let's do it." Yeah. Like, oh, it's he gave the same kind of, but that's the really that's it. That's the only tie. It could because it's like years later, you know, many years yeah, later. Yeah, it's like in the middle of this show about one game development company, you tell this love story of this different game development team. And then next week, come back. I don't know if this was, I mean, maybe this was released all at once. And so it might be a weird sort of twist on the on the binge watch model where people maybe. were like, they're like, hey, what if right in the middle of here, like Stranger Things season two, we just take a break and do a completely different kind of show and then come back. People are going to binge watch it anyway. So let's give them something different right in the middle. So weird. Have you ever seen this it's happen very like strange. before? No, no. I mean, I can't think of TV any shows. Yeah, TV shows have done weird off episodes, right? Like in certain shows that will do like a, they'll randomly do a singing episode. Oh, I guess right. Uh, sure, or, I guess you're right. Right. Okay. Or I watched um I watched Scrubs back in the day, and I've watched it through two, two or maybe three times, and like they did an episode where it was filmed with three cameras, like a live sitcom mm -hmm. yeah and so the you know the camera angles kept changing and it had a real strong uh um happy days vibe feel yeah um but, but it's still all the same characters that, that's the big thing is that, that that this one didn't use its same characters like at all no like it, it's um, a wholly different story in the same universe but a wholly different story and different kind of story and everything i I feel like there has to have been at least one or two episodes of Star Trek out of the, like, whatever 300-some episodes of Star Trek there are across all the shows where they did a whole episode with either completely unknowns or, or you know, minor side characters. Well, they, they, like, did, they did that one where, where they had the, like the teenagers, right? The kids or something that were on board the enterprise. They weren't. Yeah. I know. mean, that was, that was still the characters though. They were just in different bodies. So no, 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 not, not, not the kids. Like there was, there were like four. Oh, early yes, 20 with, something. Um, with a couple of, uh, the guy who played Tom Paris is in that playing a different character. Yeah. With Wesley. And yeah. so, so they're not main characters at all. They run actors. across the main characters, but they don't. Yeah. So you see, you see Will Wheaton and you get glimpses, I think of the Star Trek, you know, the, the enterprise crew, but it's like almost the whole episode is these other characters. Yeah. And it's a little bit of like, a let's tell a different kind of story and B let's give, you know, Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes and everybody the week off. Yeah, it, it this, but it, had this been comparable to a Star Trek, well, I agree with that. But had this been comparable to a Star Trek uh, uh, show, what they would have done to comparison here is all of a sudden you're in North Dakota on Earth in the same universe as Star <laughs> Trek, and there's a guy at a shop, and it's a musical. You're right, and you're right, like, right. what am I it watching was, this week? This has nothing to do with the Enterprise lot. at all. And at the Com end, um, his yeah. great grandson uh, is a goes to be on the engine an engineering team on the enterprise and you're like 
wow, what the hell did I just watch? And that's how I felt it's about like the, yeah. um It's like the series finale of Enterprise, speaking of Enterprise. <laughs> right. Where they're right. like, oh, it's the holodeck. Right. Like, what? 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 Right. So so anyway, I tw- wrapping this up here, uh, Mythic Quest is a great show. This episode is also kind of great that's in the middle of this. But yeah. what a thing that was really weird, and I totally would have forgot about that. But I know when I watched it, I wanted to. I know it was like at three in the morning or something, and I wanted to text you. Right away. I was like, "What did <laughs> I, I just watch? To, wanted to talk? What about did I just it? watch? Yeah." yeah. Um, and I couldn't stop it because I was ready to stop watching Mythic. I mean, for the night, Mythic Quest, mm-hmm. and then this came mm-hmm. on. I was like, "Wait, what? What's that? What's happening here?" What's... You know what? No, I've got and to then, find out. What's... Yeah, and then I couldn't stop watching for the whole episode. So, yeah. Uh, okay, cool, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that. that was a good show. And if they make a season two, I'll watch that. Yeah, for sure. It's not. It's not amazing. It was not first season of Silicon Valley, but no. But I enjoyed it. it. it not, I enjoyed my time with it. It's not so. bad. I watched the whole thing. So yeah. All right. You've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode one hundred and forty-seven. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Um, Geek Scholars Movie News started up again. They just did a a fascinating conversation about the Snyder Cut of Justice League. So oh, check them yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, if you like. Star Trek. We talked about Star Trek a lot tonight. We do another show uh, with our friends called Klingons and Dragons. It's a Star Trek Adventures role-playing podcast. We should have a new episode up by the time this airs. Maybe maybe not. Maybe a week. Week after. Um, uh, what do, uh, Not safe for work. That show. Yeah, right, right. Um, if you have comments, feedback, questions, you want to tell us what horror sci-fi you would put on a 100-movie bucket list instead of Alien... Uh, you can reach out to us on our website, Front Porch Pod. Uh, that's our email. Frontporchpodcast.com <laughs> is the website. Their contact forms fill them out super easy. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do so at frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever podcasts are found. Thanks as always for listening. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.